and welcome to Jackass. No, wait. This is a Zelda podcast. Hello, citizen of Nibaru. My name is Link. I'm an adventurer, trying to make sure that Ganon doesn't come back. I'm supposed to place these six crystals. Do you need any assistance? I'm thirsty! Excuse me? I'm thirsty! What do you mean you're thirsty? Like, what? I'm thirsty! R- right, but, like, there's water. I'm thirsty! Yeah, I know, there's water. I'm thirsty! But there's water just, like, right. I'm thirsty! Well, why don't you just... I'm thirsty! Well, why don't you just... I'm th- <clears throat> Flash out. We see the authorities have decided to arrest Link for his brazen murder of a citizen of Naboru. Sadly, Link couldn't handle anymore and drowned that poor woman. Hi, my name is Kylie of the Verzian Chronicles. Hey again, this is Eric Slater from Epic Fails of History, Too Young for This Trek, and Podcasters Assemble. Hey everybody, this is Scott from the RPG After Years podcast, as well as my Twitch channel, twitch.tv slash the underscore Scott underscore spot. Hey folks, this is Brett from Skeleton House, and we're back again with more Zelda 2. Hey everyone, this is Ben, co-host of the Hyrule Podcasters podcast. It's Troidal Power from the Power Playthroughs podcast. Hi, my name's Bill from Bill's JRPG Adventures and Other Trappings podcast. I am Jay, and unlike my fellow hosts on this podcast, I have no other podcast to plug here. Hi, yeah, I'm Locathor. I don't want to plug my thing. That's dumb. Don't listen to it. I want to plug Questing on the Road. It's a new audio-only Let's Play by a guy named Andrew. They've only done two episodes so far, but they're really good episodes. Um, I think that this is going to go far. And so if you like Dragon Quest, or maybe even if you don't know about Dragon Quest and you want someone else to play Dragon Quest for you because the games take forever to play, then this is what we got. Today we'll be talking about Zelda II's Eastern Continent and the Fourth Palace. And we are here today to talk about the Palace 4 section of Zelda 2, The Adventure of Link. And today we're playing Zelda 2, Palace 4. And I'm here to talk a little bit about my adventure to Palace 4, The Maze Palace. Coming at you this week, talking about Palace 4, The Maze Palace. Welcome to Palace Oh, the island palace. Yeah, we're going to the island. We're going to Ibiza. This is The Legend of Zelda 2, whatever the hell it's called. Yes, hello everybody and welcome back to another episode of Bill's JRPG Adventures and Other Trappings Podcast, or should I say, The Super Switch Club, depending on which one you're listening to and at which point in time, and whichever one happens to be your choice of poison. But yes, welcome, welcome one and all. And yeah, guys, this week, guys and girls, we are investigating the deepest depths of the Island Palace in Zelda 2. And yep. There's some fun things we're going to cover in this show, and (laughs) I hope you enjoy it. Uh, Yeah, it's just ah, fire, man. Give me a fire spell now. Um, I'll be honest, I don't remember too much about getting to this palace because I did it, like, months ago. And was it really? It might have literally been months ago. Um, But my memory is that I got up to the door of the palace, I went through the maze and everything, and then went, I don't want to play this game anymore. And I just stopped and didn't play it for like a long time until uh, until I uh, heard the Hylian podcasters 
playing Zelda 2, and I thought, oh man, these guys make this video game sound fun. I should play more of Zelda 2. And so I did. I, I booted it back up, and turns out I, I hadn't made a save at the door of the palace, so I had to retrace my steps, you know, through the mountains and stuff. Um, went straight to the palace, got through everything in the palace. When we last left off, we had just finished palace number three, and while we were there, we picked up the raft. We can now set sail east from Mido Town. As much as I'm enjoying this game, I'm a little disappointed in how poorly this Zelda handles gating compared to the rest of the series. In a game with open world elements that use the introduction of items and skills to open up the world gradually, it's generally good game design to show the lock before you give the key. If you never see a dock before you acquire the raft, then the act of acquiring the raft feels kind of meaningless. You know, prior to getting the raft in the original Legend of Zelda, you see more than one dock throughout the world. In addition to the dock that takes you to the next dungeon, there is also another dock that will lead you to a heart container. And by the time you acquire the raft, you can remember seeing these docks and are excited to find out where they head to. Similarly, in A Link to the Past, you see large boulders all over the place that seem somewhat inconspicuous, unlike the boulders blocking roadways in this game. When you realize you can pick them up and move them out of the way once you have the glove, you realize there had been secrets hiding in plain sight, waiting for you to have the capability to unlock them. The first time we see a dock in this game is right before we go to the palace with the raft in it. And once we've sailed forth from that dock, we don't see any others. The gating behind special items in this game mostly boil down to just using the item once to get to the next area and having it serve no further purpose. For us in our podcast, we went through this in our third episode for Zelda 2 The Adventure of Link. And this was the the original conceit was that uh, Patrick, my co-host, was supposed to play. He played through the entire thing, played beautifully, and all of his stuff was corrupted. He was running OBS and it was just uh, it was a nightmare. Uh, and so we actually ended up having to record... I don't know, a few days before an episode went up, and this was actually the moment where we started recording the week that we were also publishing. We had been ahead for so long, and this is the thing that eventually doomed us. Anyway. All right, back to what actually happens next. The raft was fine. The raft is um, automatic. The raft does a immediate shift but when it goes between the two windows instead of like a slide shift and i know that the nintendo had the technology to scroll a background like that so you'd think that for an animation that only has to play at like two points in the entire game that you would invest in a little bit of extra time to make it scroll the background so i feel like again this game has a cheap feeling to it every time you do anything at all. So I went back to the island palace and finally found the raft. I immediately killed myself to avoid having to deal with that place any longer. Respawned back at the beginning and then made a beeline for the docks. Sailing across the ocean on the raft was a lot simpler than I was expecting. I thought it was going to be more like getting the hover boat in Final Fantasy IV where you kind of got to have to figure out where the hell you're going. But I was kind of relieved it was just a straight shot to the new island. Uh, so we finished Palace 3. We pick up our raft. Our really, really shitty raft that we found in this gorgeous palace. And um, it's... Yeah, the island, yeah, we have to get on our raft and cross over the water. And then we get out the other side. And you know what? At this point in time, I'm feeling pretty good about myself. Palace 3 wasn't as bad as Palace 2. Feeling a bit, yo, Bill's getting a bit badass in this game, you know? Getting my getting my thumb grips in, my thumbs are warming up. I'm feeling it, I'm feeling it. And then you get into a fight on the other side. So you reach the new continent, you know? It's like, I imagine that's how Christopher Columbus felt when he crossed over and finally got to America. And then, he's, then I imagine Christopher Columbus got off his boat, walked out, saw some squirrels running towards him, and he shot them, and then realized they were invulnerable to his shooting. He had to go talk to some other Native American people uh, and get the power of magical fire in order to kill these squirrels. Yes, that's, 
really bad history. Okay, so we left off at the end of Palace 3, and we're on this little island, so we just got to get off of there, you know, make our way back to uh, town, which I think was Mido? I don't know, the one on the river. And basically, all you have to do here is go up to the dock and use your raft to kind of cross over to the next landmass. Um, it happens automatically. It's almost like a little cutscene where you just cross the water, which is, I was kind of expecting to have to, like, control myself out on the water, but no, it's just a, a needless uh, or a senseless progression item, I guess. Probably won't ever need it again, for all I know. The first thing to kind of note here is that you go from western hyrule to eastern hyrule on that raft and that raft music oh that's just like that is a great sound whoever whoever designed that was uh was a genius because uh it just uh oh it's such a nice such a nice melody uh the new world uh was fine i liked it i've i've guess i've not seen too much of it so far because i only did exactly the necessary stuff for palace four and then i stopped but what i've seen of the new world so far eh, it's fun it felt nice to be on a new continent. I felt like we were finally deep into Zelda 2. You can't use the map from the instruction booklet anymore. You gotta explore this new land using your own damn feet and eyeballs. Oh my god, why why can't I kill these weird spider things? Oh, damn you game. Why? Why? Why have you suddenly introduced an overworld character just as I'm feeling pretty damn good about myself? And this character... You, I don't even know what it is, this enemy. He's got weird spider legs and it jumps up and down, but I can't hit it. I need to have the fire spell before I can hit it. And I haven't got the fire spell yet. I haven't been to the town to pick it up. Fuck you, Zelda 2. Fuck you. I made it across the sea unscathed and was immediately assaulted by dozens of beefy bug creatures firing cannonballs at me from all directions. Uh, the town of Naburu with the fountain and the thirsty ladies. Loved it. Love me uh, having a thirsty lady and then a fountain nearby and no obvious way that like I can get a container to give her water or like buy some sort of liquid for her like you would expect if, if you're doing some sort of adventure game. Um, you're supposed to go up and press A and then understand that you have water now in a way that doesn't show in your inventory or anything and then go up and talk to her and then, and, and then give her satisfy her thirst um not what i'd call not what i'd call a good puzzle phew made it to the next town nabaru did george lucas rip off this game too the first town that spotted on this new continent was nabu where we met with princess amadala and spoke with her about the trade federation's blockade and there was also some guy in a robe with long brown hair hanging out saying that he could walk on water if he got some new yeezys or something presumably he also needs a jug to turn some water into wine the old lady gives me some of her special medicine one of the villagers says, with boots, I could walk on the water. Okay, buddy. Good luck with that. So then you get to this new town of Naboru. And, you know, the first citizen that you come up to, you're kind of chatting with some people. And this lady just starts telling you that she's thirsty. <laughs> and she's literally standing next to a water fountain and can't get her own water. And so what you end up having to, like, fetch water for her and bring it back. And literally, it was like she couldn't even walk a screen to get some water for herself. I don't know how she has become a full adult by this point because like the water's just right there. At least the woman who needed the mirror, like it was hidden under some table in a house that wasn't hers. But here it's like the water's out in public. It's designed for you to go get it yourself. You, you just have to go get it. And I'm just not sure kind of why she struggles so much. I also don't know why I'm spending so long talking about it, but uh, it really bothered me. It bothered me to the point where for the episode immediately after this uh, on on our podcast, I had our intro be, hey there, all you, I'm so thirsty, but cannot walk one screen over to get water citizens of Naboru. That's like how salty I felt about this whole thing. The river devil eats those who are weak. Jesus, that's a, that's a conversation starter. The first town we come to after our voyage across the sea is Naburu. 
here we encounter the lamest fetch quest in the history of RPGs. There's a woman who lives next door to a fountain, and apparently she's thirsty. So we have to grab her water from the fountain, 10 feet away from her front door, and bring it to her to get the fire spell. A spell that I won't even use once, as the magic meter is too precious a resource, and it only works on like two different enemies that can be easily avoided otherwise. There was also another friendly monster in one of the houses. It's just a bat chilling on the ceiling. You can jump up to him and talk at the same time, and he says, dot, dot, dot. See a man in Darunia before the islands. Okay, but about what? That's a little vague. Is it about my sword shooting out fire? So we finally get to uh, the town of Naburu. Naburu? Naburu? N-A-B-O-O-R-U. That is a fantastically spelled name. Uh, <laughs> and yet all I have to say about this place is there are some ladies here and man... Man, are they thirsty ladies. The kid says, jump in a hole in the palace if you go. Man, this kid is just like so helpful. Unless he's actually just trying to tell me to jump off a bridge. But anyway, so you soon come to the town of Naburu, which uh, is, was not in a desert. So that was a little unfitting. Uh, drawing comparisons to Ocarina of Time again, of course. Um... The main thing that happens here is you can find a woman, an old woman, who just says, I'm thirsty. And so I thought that was fun. I took a screenshot of it because I was like, I bet you're thirsty, you old, you old whore. But then the, uh, all you have to do is walk up to a nearby fountain and like press the action button or whatever, and you get water. So then you take it back to the old woman, you quench her parched throat, uh, with, with your liquid and she turns out to be an old sage, which I'm starting to think is a, um, I think there's an old man in every town that lives in a basement that just like, he, you know, he, he's testing Link, the hero, but all these troubles that we're running into in town, they're not like actual troubles. They're like tests set up by the, these old men, since you never find like the people that went inside the buildings. That's my running theory, uh, headcanon running, going from here. Every other NPC is turning into bats, right after saying, save Hyrule, getting a lot of mixed signals here. Before we leave this town, a rude little kid tells us to go jump in a hole when we get to the palace. Well, same to you, pal. Why don't you go jump in a lake? The fire spell. The enemies can only be hurt by fire. I never used the fire spell. I got the fire spell and then never had to use it to actually beat the dungeon. What I recommend for Palace 4 is to go into Palace 4. You go across using the raft, all that bullshit. You get, uh, you navigate your way to the palace. Uh, most walkthroughs will say, go save the kid, go do that. No, no. What you're going to want to do is you're going to navigate your way to the palace first. Okay? You're going to want to... Actually, actually first, you're going to go to Nabaru. You're going to get the... Um, the spell fire um, for your sword, which allows you to shoot fire. You don't need it, but it's it's um, it's neat. Um, I think uh, there are certain enemies that can't can only be hurt by the spell fire, but it's not specifically necessary. But go get it. Um, you get that from um, from Naboru. The quest to get the spell here is to find some thirsty lady and give her water. The jokes in this game just rate themselves. I have no idea where I found the water, but the second time I showed up in town and spoke to her, she was like, Oh, thank you. Come talk to my grandpa, who's going to teach you how to shoot fire out of your sword. And some enemies are only hurt by fire, so that's pretty useful. This would have been great to find when I first left the town, but I ran all the way to the next town, Darunia, without it. I was just running past all of the enemies that can only be hurt by fire. This, uh, the new world is great, uh, except pretty much all the enemies, you have to use the fire spell to kill them. And uh, that's the uh, that's fortunately what you get there in Naboru, is what you get after getting the woman the water. She ends up giving you the, the fire spell, so you're able to kill the Tektites, and then the fleas that poop on you. I'm not really sure what the what their names are. I can't remember all the names anymore. Yeah, uh, yeah, 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 you have to go to a fountain and get this lady some water, and then she'll let you into her house. <laughs> Oh, yes, and also that, that will then help you, and <clears throat> that will then help you obtain the magical fire spell. And what can we do with the fire spell? We can use it to hit the enemies that are all showing currently to be impervious 
to your normal attacks. So thank Mother of Lord for that. But she teaches you the spell Fire, which, or he teaches you the spell Fire, which basically you use it and then Link can, whenever you slash his sword, shoots little fireballs. Sounds pretty cool. It's like a nice ranged attack, especially if you have your, uh, your, your, you've lost your sword beam because you're not at full health. But the problem is that the game soon introduces these enemies. They're like blue spider, jumping spiders and some other like blue enemies that are completely impervious to Link's sword. And so you have to use the fire spell in order to damage them. And uh, the fireballs don't really travel super, super far. And the blue enemies move fast. And I'm like, Jesus Christ, I did not need another like forced thing that's going to force me to use magic on these enemies. This one lady in a red dress says, I'm thirsty. Uh... So then I found a fountain, came back, and it turns out she was just too lazy to walk next door to get it herself. This magic will make your sword shoot fire. Not the kind of side effects I'm looking for. And so I actually got into the habit uh, while playing this. Stop fighting enemies all the time. You don't have to kill every enemy. Just fucking run, get to the next screen, and don't worry about them. And that actually helped me a lot. I don't really need to worry about experience that much anymore. As I said in the last uh, one of the last episodes, I ground all my stats up to level six, and uh, by the time I started this section of the the playthrough, I had like level seven on a stat or two. So like, there's no point in me killing every enemy. So that was like a big revelation to me and made the game slightly easier. But fuck <laughs> those blue monsters, man! I hate them. But before heading to Durinia, I noticed there is a monster on the world map just chilling down by a river. I couldn't interact with him, and I completely forgot about him until right now. What's up with all these jumping spider creatures? I can't dodge them or hurt them. Oh, that's what the fireballs are for. Okay. The walk to Durinia was pretty easy. You go through a cave, you go past the desert, you go over some bottomless pits that I think I only got knocked into once. But uh, we ended up, you know, you kind of head north, going through a cave. You find your first basilisk. Uh, that's a word that I definitely uh, struggle to say, but find way too many opportunities to say it whenever it's around. And then I think what you're kind of intended to do is probably head west to the mountain town of Darunia. Um, we were following a really nice um, guide from... Zelda dungeon and they told us to go to Maze Island first and pick up the kid but unusually for this game there isn't a palace anywhere near no now we have to trek all the way north through a mountain path north and east to get to the town of Daruria Daruria Daru god, god damn these names you know fuck you people who make Zelda 2 come up with some normal names can't you call it Gary Town or something so leaving the town with nothing left to do, there's a large spider or crab blocking the path to the south, and there's a cave to the north. One of the town folks had told us that the river devil eats those who are weak, which I think refers to this crab thing in our way. So it looks like the cave to the north it is. Anyway, so then you end up heading towards this town of Darunia, which thankfully is in the mountains, which makes sense considering uh, Ocarina, you know, Darunia, the leader of the Gorons up on Death Mountain. But you have to go through a couple like mountain pass trap screens, trap screens, sort of like the uh, the the bridges. And these aren't too hard. Like you just have some octorocks basically that are hanging, octococks more like hanging out on these stone ledges as you climb the mountain. On the second one, you have to dodge like air gusts too, which is annoying. But I actually found it really easy once I started remembering. Just use your down stab and bounce off the octorocks. So that was cool, and they give twenty experience each time, which I thought was awesome. I almost considered like hanging out and grinding there for a bit because it seemed like a good grind spot, like really easy, don't have to worry about shit. But I decided not to belabor anything. I liked the trek to Darunia. I liked the canyon as you approach the mountain town and that you had to go through two battle screens to get to it. It gives the town a feeling of being a remote location and that's nice. It gives the town any distinction at all. Really. I like the color palette in Darunia too. It was like a the sky is like a dark purple. It felt very relaxed. 
Inside Darunia, we found another sword technique, but first to find it, we had to use the jump spell and then Super Mario Bros across some rooftops and then finally drop down a chimney just like a warp pipe. Inside, we met a soldier who taught us the upstab. The upstab looks extremely flaccid and I don't think I ever actually used it or even remembered that I had it. It's definitely no downstab, that's for sure. You go in through the chimney? You break into the chimney, I believe it was, to uh, to learn a technique. And, I mean, anytime you can be Santa Claus in a video game with swords, I guess that's good. Emerging on the other side of the cave, we eventually reach the town of Darunia. In this town, we find a house that we have to sneak into via the chimney. Doing so gets us the upward thrust sword skill. It's not a bad skill, but not as useful as its counterpart, downward thrust. Now in Daria, there is a lovely little gentleman that we can find hidden away in one of the buildings who will teach us the marvellous uh, uh, up thrust. Yeah, because I always want to stab upwards. Um, I'm sure I'm sure there are cases where this is going to come in handy, but uh, yeah, it's not quite as exciting as down thrust, is it? Up thrust? No. Sounds like some sort of really uncomfortable sexual thing. Okay, so I just now realized that you can use life to replenish your health as you're getting your magic replenished from the old lady, and it fills up both at the same time. That's awesome. While in Darunia, we also got told that a child had gone missing. This is important, and this is also something that I did far too late, but I'll get to that. Anyway, you get to Darunia, and I really... Is it just, just me, or like every single... Like every other person I talked to in here turned out to be like one again in spies. So I would like go through the trouble of sleeping with the uh, the town sex worker as well as, um, you know, the old magic ladies. And I would get healed up and all that. And then as soon as I did that, um, the, the fuck, <laughs> I would get attacked by these spies. So I ended up, I would, I got into the habit of not even healing up until I was leaving town after this. Anyway. Um, you can use the jump spell here to get to go down a chimney, and I thought it was kind of funny because you like cross several roofs, and when you get to the chimney, you press down on top of it, and it works exactly like a warp pipe from Mario. <laughs> boop, boop, boop. Um, and there's another knight down there that teaches you the upward stab, which isn't as useful as the downward stab, but it's nice to have another means of attack. I think I used it on a couple bats here and there, as well as um, the the you have to use it in the palace coming up to like break through some rocks above you. Next, we pick up another fetch quest. We need to rescue a kidnapped child on the island. The island in question is a large maze-like island to the northeast of the continent. This is also where we will find the next palace when we are ready to take it on. And so this kid is just sitting in the bottom of a hole. He had been kidnapped by an orange Lizolfos and you have to kill Lizolfos. And it's so funny, when you get the kid, you pick him up over your head like he's an item, which is just absurd. I just have, it's just like, it looks like when you pick up like the boots or the flute or the handy glove or the hammer, like it's just like another item. And then we were just kind of contemplating like, do you think he just kind of like shoves the kid in his backpack? Does he strap into his side? Is he tan along behind him? When you're getting pulled into all these into all these like battles like is the kid kind of are you having to like navigate with it in the end we kind of thought that the kid would be in some kind of like a uh, baby bjorn but for like corgis i don't know if y'all have seen those but they're like in the front and like the little like corgis are like chilling there like having a good time uh so that's kind of what we felt like the uh the kidnapped child would be up to now there is a lady in town and she is very upset because someone has snatched her child and it is the King of Belgium has come along <laughs> twizzling his moustache and I'm gonna steal your child, young lady. And so guess what we have to do, guys? Guess what? We have to go and hunt the child. Yes. Yes. Another problem in this town is there's an old woman who apparently uh, her son has been kidnapped and he's a little kid. So you're off on your quest to find this little kid. You head east to a maze island and talking about some of the enemies here, uh, you can run into like these eye ghosts, which aren't that hard to beat, but like they, if they surround you, they, they hit you. Not only do they take health, but it's another enemy that takes experience as well. So that kind of sucks. Um, but they weren't too difficult, especially if you have the sword beam still. And I'm trying to remember some of the other enemies, but not a, nothing's really jumping out at me other than again, the, the jumping blue spiders, all the fire, uh, weak enemies suck ass. 
There's also a little spot you can find around here where you can get an extra life, so that's nice. Um, but yeah, like I said, I found myself running from most encounters when possible, unless it was just like those eye ghosts. Here's what I did. I, I went to the island maze, got the mana boost and the child, and then took them to Darunia. So, uh, island maze, good. The fact that the island makes you go to a bunch of battle screens, also appropriate. It gives what is otherwise a simple little dumb thing a sense of uh, scale, a sense of weight. It reminded me of the um, the labyrinths in Breath of the Wild that hold the barbarian armors. And I liked that connection because Breath of the Wild also has, like it has the Lynels from Zelda 1 that otherwise hadn't been seen in a long time. And then you see these labyrinths from Zelda 2 that otherwise haven't really been seen in a very long time. And so, so it gives me a deeper appreciation of how they pulled from past Zeldas to make Breath of the Wild, which is cool. Does it make me like Zelda 2 more? No, it does not. I love this moment where I find the kid and Link just lifts him over his head. When we reach the maze island, this is another one of those cases where we're going to need to touch all the ground tiles until one of them drops us into a cave with what we are after. Fortunately, the maze paths are normal path tiles and we don't have to dodge random encounters as we search for the missing child. Once we fall into the right cave, we eventually make our way to the end where a spear-wielding lizard is guarding the child hostage. Fighting this lizard is very similar to Dark Nuts that we see in the palaces. Jump and strike his head above his shield and a few hits and he's gone. Link then picks the child up above his head like the monkey holding newborn Simba in The Lion King. Back to town to get a new spell. So back out into the world, you know, there's pretty much nowhere else to go, so you head west. And then you find this maze. I think you even have to use a raft to get to it, but there's this big maze. I looked I took one look at this maze, staring up, and I was thinking of the film Maze Runner, and I just thought, nah, sod this. Uh, so I went to mikesrpgcenter.com <laughs> and I looked up the map and yep, lo and behold, I was very right to do so. The child was just over to the west and it gave me a perfect route through where I wouldn't have to get into any fights. Yes, there are some tiles on the island maze which are guaranteed fights. And then uh, looking at the map a bit closer, I realised there was a, a special route I could take all the way around to get me to the palace in the island maze without having to get into any fights. Well, no, there was one fight, I'll admit, but that was it. Oh, yeah. Thank you, Mike. You're a legend. Uh, you get to this island, and it is literally like a maze. Um, it's not too bad to navigate, but the only problem is there are like random encounters. You can, like, when you step on certain tiles, you get into a fight. But none of those were too bad. You can find the kid pretty quickly. And I thought it was funny because once you find the kid, Link holds him up like an item, and it even makes like the item jingle. Do, 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 do. It's like, oh, we added the, the kid to our inventory here, huh? You have to return to Daria. <laughs> Uh, in order to return the child, uh, although it doesn't look it, it was funny though. When you pick up the child, Link literally lost him above his head like it's a special item, and it's just like you can imagine the kid going, "Hey, man, put me down, put me down, you fuck, who the hell are you?" <laughs> uh, uh, but yes, anyway, you have to go all the way back to town uh, to return this child to its uh, grieving mother. I was using a guide the entire time, and so I did not have to go to Darunia and then go elsewhere. So then after you uh, drop the the kid off, you, you trek kind of all the way over uh, to the mountain town of Darunia and you go through what are probably some of mine and Patrick's least favorite things, which are the bubbles. The bubbles that come up when you are trying to do platforming. The the bagu bagus are worse. Those are like the, the skeleton fish that jump out and uh, and shoot fireballs at you. But those bubbles get me so many times. I have died so frequently to those stupid bubbles. Um, and you gotta, you know, you go there and you come right back and you just, you get hit with them twice. And if you would have gone to Darunia first before you got the child, you have to make like another trek and it just would have been, it would have been terrible. Absolutely terrible. So I guess I need to make it back to Darunia? Damn it. Uh, reflect is fine. I guess it's an okay spell. I used it to defeat the boss. 
and she is very very happy about it and then she lets you into her dungeon uh to have i mean uh, to let you have sex with her i mean um with the granddad i mean uh, yeah, yeah she lets you down to the granddad who will teach you the spell reflect and oh boy oh boy oh boy oh boy am i glad that i did this in this order and that i didn't just dive into the dungeon because that would have been a big space so anyway, so you get to Darunia, you, um, this is the, this is the, I think the first city that you get to, no, no, that's not true. Um, you get two, uh, different things here. So you get the upstab and you also get the reflect spell. And so the upstab is great. So all, <laughs> what I ended up doing was trying to see how many times I could like jump in the air and then like upstab, downstab, upstab, downstab. And I think if you like cast jump, you can do it like seven total times like not seven each but like seven total times uh it's really fun you should definitely try it uh when you get there cast jump and see how many times you can kind of like up down in in quick succession in exchange for returning the missing kid i get reflect so what does reflect do exactly so after that you make your way all the way back to um to darunia you go through the mountain passes and all that and I gave the kid over. The woman was thankful. Turns out, surprise, the old woman is actually the town wizard. Uh, you know, just every new wizard we find is adding on to my theory here. But then he says, come back later. And I'm like, what the fuck? Why come back later? So I started Googling, because the guide I was reading didn't say anything about this. And apparently, you there are certain spells where you have to have X number of magic containers uh, in order to be taught the spell. So this one requires six, I think. I only had five. So I'm like, okay, well, I've been following this guide. Where the hell is the next magic container? Why is this guide f***ed up? Thanks for the guide recommendation, by the way, Bill. Turns out, back on Maze Island, there is a uh, uh, another random tile you can get that has the a magic container. So like, I went back all the way to Maze Island, got the magic container, and then went back all the way again to Darunia in order to learn the Reflect spell, which turns out is really useful because there's some enemies coming up in this palace that you need the reflect spell to defeat and on top of that um the boss that's how you damage the boss which we'll get to in just a minute but um, basically how it works is your you use reflect and then your shield spell can reflect certain types of magic back at the enemy apparently it makes your shield stronger too i didn't really test that but not a bad spell but again like uh, i hate hate having to use magic on anything other than like health and barrier (laughs) that type of thing it did suck having to go back to Maze Island uh, like three times <laughs> to complete this little part. We head back to Darunia and are rewarded with the Reflect spell. A slightly more useful spell than the Fire spell we got in the last town has wound up using this spell exactly once in the next palace. Now that we have two new spells and a new sword technique, we've done all we can do on this continent other than take down the next palace. I make it across this bridge and it's another maze. Huh, it's weird that there's no enemies in this Nevermind. Spoke too soon. So we finished up in Darunia and then headed east to the island maze. This was much less annoying than Death Mountain. The path to the palace is pretty obvious. There's a bunch of annoying enemy encounters along the way, but nothing too terrible. At this point, I did have the fire spell so I could actually kill all the freaky jumping spiders, but I wanted to save all my magic for heal or shield, so I just continued running away. After you get Reflect and the Upstab, we then kind of trekked our way back across and ended up into the Maze Island once again, found the magical container, and then made our way to the Maze Palace. So back to the Island Maze, back to Mike's RPG Center. Thank you, Mike. Uh, make my way around and you get into one little battle. Thank you, Mike. Uh, God, I say thank you, Mike. I've got a lot here. <laughs> and down we just then into the depths of Palace Four. The Palace 4 is... Okay, the palace itself is boring. I'm just going to get that out of the way. The palace itself is boring. What's interesting 
is less the palace because the palace is nothing really to write home about. There's a couple spots with with um, invisible floors and just uh, stuff like that. And here I am at the fourth palace. I made it. And right away it's like, f*** you, here's some fireballs raining from the sky. Welcome, you're in for a bad time. I lost a life on the way here, and then I died almost immediately and found myself back in the beginning. I took a break for a few weeks, and this palace is just really kicking my ass. I don't remember too much memorable about the palace layout itself. I game overed once by falling into lava a bunch in a room that had a bunch of those flying horse heads that were knocking you off platform, so that was kind of annoying. Also, you find out that if you can't make one particularly challenging jump, there are pits you end up falling down that don't kill you. Instead, you just fall to the next floor. Guess that's not what that kid in Nabaru was talking about. I'm not 100% sure on this, but I think the pits that will kill you all have lava in them, so going forward, non-lava pits should be safe to jump in. Now, the Maze Palace, I really found it to be one of the better dungeons uh, in the game. I thought it was kind of the first one, you know, that really had, um, I guess it was bigger, which, which kind of helped, but the best thing about it is just this, like, beautiful purple color. Like it is just, it's gorgeous. It's a gorgeous looking uh, palace. Like when, when you're in there playing, uh, just like everything around you is purple and like, it just, it pops like so, so nicely. Um, but it has this really cool spot where you're, where you're in the, you're in the cave or sorry, you're in the palace and you have to pretty much just make like this, like leap of faith and you're like falling down through um, uh, holes in the ground and having to like jump all around. Uh, it was really great. Um, I really like this. Right from the beginning, the palace is like a big f*** you because there's a um, one of those flying eye ghosts that drops fire at the entrance before you even enter the palace, which made it very difficult to abuse that trick where you can hit the little statues at the palace uh, steps to get to refill your magic. So I would end up like doing that a bunch of times in order to restore everything. <laughs> um, but that was my, my go-to, because I, I exited the palace a couple times, too. Luckily, this palace is much easier to get out of than Palace 3. Okay, just managed to get my second key. Uh, how many keys are in this place? And I'm back at the beginning, again. Okay, new strategy. I'm going to farm some XP for a bit and see if that helps. Oh, the palace. The fourth palace and the holes, the pitfalls before the palace, literally pitfalls. There's some hallways where you have to use the jump spell to get over the torches. That was kind of annoying because again, making me use my magic. Um, but I didn't really have any problems with that, especially the, the Gibdos. I think they're supposed to be Gibdos that throw like their maces at you, kind of look like they're mummies. Um, those guys were easy because they're vulnerable to the down stab. There's a part of the palace where you have to like fall down a pit in order to proceed. And so that was kind of tricky. I will admit that I got absolutely wrecked in the rooms where you have to break blocks to get to a key that is like below you and they have those stupid wolf heads that are coming at you and they just never stop. They are just, they're the worst. They're the absolute worst. Uh, I, I, I rage quit at one time just because it was so frustrating. But ended up getting on the other side of that. Um, and then the, the last thing you have to do is, you know, obviously you have a little, you know, key collection, a little item collection, and you're still trying to gain XP, uh, and then you need to find uh, Carrick. Okay, I got my magic, health, and attack up a notch. And then there's one part where I thought I had been everywhere, but then I was missing a key, so I had to, like, do some backtracking and figure out which way I hadn't gone. Again, the, the guide is not the best, apparently. Bill's always there to screw me over in the end. So, <laughs> I gotta say, this palace was a lot easier after leveling up. I was I was considering throwing in the towel there for a second. I totally didn't realize that I could just ferry through the gates. Once I knew that, I was able to skip a lot of the tedious parts of this palace and just had to kind of strategize on how to use my magic. There's these dumb banshee characters in there. Those banshee characters are the worst. They, they shoot out these, like, sonic waves or something along the ground that you have to avoid. 
Right about now, I'm really wishing you could capture a fairy in a bottle. Wait, there's Banshee Ghosts now too? And then they reused like the exact same room from Palace 3 where you had to dig through the dirt to get the key and then you tried to dig out and then a red knight appeared out of nowhere and just murdered you in an extremely confined space. You could use Jumper Fairy to just hop out, but sometimes you're completely dry on magic. I also heard through the grapevine that you can ferry through locked doors, but I only did this once because it made me feel extremely dirty. I don't plan on doing that again unless the game starts really fucking me, in which case all, all bets are off. And now for the actual palace. After Palace 3, this palace feels relatively easy. The most interesting new enemy is the wizards that shoot magic waves at you along the floor. The only way to beat them is to cast Reflect and bounce their magic back at them, but they are easily avoided and magic is too precious to waste on them. Also inside the palace were some enemies I could just not figure out how to damage. There were white ghosts with pointy hats who kinda look like someone who would marry their cousin and who shoot sound blasts at you. At this point I was still in the run from things that can only be hurt by fire mode so I didn't really think much of these guys who couldn't be hurt by fire or swords, I just kept on running past them. I should have probably thought about it a little bit harder. Talking about the palace itself, there's one part where there's goat heads that fly at you in a wavy pattern. Those weren't too bad because if you could get the timing down you could just jump past them all. But there is one part where those flying dog heads that shoot fireballs at you come back. Luckily, I was a bit better prepared to deal with them this time, but those guys fucking suck, man. I hate them. And so, for the most part, like, you've seen all the enemies in here. They're just coming at you so much more aggressively. So, you get armored, armored Stalfoses. Uh, the new bad guy is the Wizrobe, which we uh, always call the KKK dudes, and that we really enjoy that we're killing KKK dudes, uh, because, you know, never a bad thing to be killing some KKK members. But... You also get the um, the blue iron knuckles, so they were the boss in Palace 3, and now they're just a regular enemy. <laughs> and the first time when Patrick played through it, he just got wrecked by, by that boss and would just run away from blue iron knuckles all the time. But Another new enemy you run into here are these um, cloaked wraith wizard things, which I'm assuming are supposed to be the wizards of this game. And th those are the enemies that we're talking about where you have to use Reflect to bounce the spells back at them. Normally I would try to just get past them in order to, you know, save time or whatever. But it turns out that the, um, you have, if, when you defeat them, you get 100 experience points, which is quite a bit. And so I got to the point where I would try to defeat them, even at the cost of my magic, because I was getting really close to my next level up. And I didn't want to ha have, like, you know, just a couple hundred experience left, get to the boss, and then, um... Uh, you know, have that big experience boost you get from completing the palace wasted because uh, it only takes you up to the, your next experience level. So I, I defeated those and tried to defeat enemies where I could in the palace. As you're wandering around the palace, pretty standard affair. There are some new enemies. There's these weird little ghost things who I think are supposed to be some sort of weird wizard. And they, you know, they cast this magical spell at you, which absolutely tanks absolute tanks but we've got the reflect spell so you know cast a reflect spell and push down to duck and then you reflect the spell back at them it's pretty much the only way of killing them so thankfully i got the spell before i came here the hardest part about this fucking <laughs> palace was the return of the blue uh iron knuckle or dark nut whatever you want to call them apparently there are iron knuckles in this one which is interesting but anyway uh because the, they throw their little stabby stabs at you and they seem to do it at such a rate that, like, you can't get close to them. That was the hardest part of the palace, uh, even more so than the boss, for sure. Because I just had to, like, I, I really abused the save state and even the rewind feature of the Switch to get past this guy. Like, Because I only had a couple hits left on me, and they still do so much damage. I hate them. Man, this game would be better, better without the, the Iron Knuckles, for sure. I got pretty good at uh, taking out the regular Iron Knuckles now, the red ones, though such as like the boots are inside Palace 4 that allow you to walk on water and lava, which is neat. It is not obvious. I, I presume that I had to have the manual, and then the manual would have said what the boots do. Okay, managed to get across this lava unscathed and got a key. What are these stilettos? What do these do? And then in the, in the guide I was reading, it said that the boots would protect me from... 
from lava, but I fell into the lava plenty of times anyway, so that, that thing must have been wrong. And basically, you want to go to the island. You're going to want to find your way in through the island and get the boots. Or into the palace, find the boots. Um, there is a specific path to get to the boots, and I highly recommend looking it up because it'll make your life a lot easier. Uh, ferry yourself through some doors. It's really easy to ferry yourself through the first few doors with no problem. Um, and honestly, and looking back at the map, actually, it's not too difficult to ferry your way into... Uh, to get the final thing, right? Because what you do is you're going to take, uh, you go to the left, get your keys, um, which you're, you can't ferry through doors after you get the keys. So what you're going to want to do is instead of taking a left in the palace, you're going to take a right. You're going to walk all the way across, go to the elevator, take off the, take the first right that you can take, right? You're going to take that right. Then you're going to basically walk your happy butt uh, to the ledge. You're going to drop off the ledge. You go to the gap go right to the hallway, right down the middle hallway. And uh, once you go down the middle hallway, you'll find, oh yeah, go to the end of the hallway, get the, get the boots. Leave the palace, die, whatever you need. Falling down, these pits lead us to the palace's item, the boots. These let you walk on invisible paths in water in the overworld. At least I think they're invisible. I'm colorblind, so if the walkable water is a different color, I can't tell. There are also in this dungeon a pair of boots. And how do you get the pair of boots? And what do the pair of boots do? The pair of boots let you walk across water. But how do we get them? You have to fall down a pit. You have to fall in such a right way that you don't go down to the bottom, you go down to the middle section. Yes. Um, yeah. Yeah, this thing was a pain in the ass. <laughs> I'll tell you that now. Pain in the ass. Uh, death warp, whatever. Whatever, whatever floats your boat to get out of the palace. Get out of the palace, go back to um, the mountain town. Now you're going to go up and through the mountains and then go to the mountain town of Daruna. You're going to get high, uh, upward thrust there. Very important. It's actually useful later. It's not super necessary, but it's super useful. Uh, oh, it's the Reflect. Reflect from the Kidnapped Child. So you want to get the boots, then get the Kidnapped Child. Then go get Reflect from Daruna Town. Finish that bullshit up. Go back to the maze. Go back to the maze palace. Maze palace is now super easy now that you've got the boots. But anyway, you, you know, you fall down. You, first time you get all the way to the bottom, you find a key. Second time you fall all the way down to the bottom because you missed the ledge. Then the third time you do it. Third time you eventually, you eventually make it into the middle ledge. And you keep on walking down. And then you find the hiding place of the magical water boots. But who is standing in your way? It's a balloon. Uh, you know, you end up getting the boots uh, here. Um, but like I said, this and, and that's going to let you walk on water in certain places. Uh, and it's going to let you walk on lava, which um, you walk on water to get to the fifth palace and you walk on uh, lava to get to the great palace. Ah, oh, man. So I come away limping. I've, I've had to fashion myself a crutch using the sword from the blue. Ah! But I've got my lovely pair of boots. And then, and then one of those wizard thing pops up and kills me. <laughs> Back to the start of the dungeon, dude. Um, at some point, the palace item are the boots, and I don't know what they do. I don't know what they're good for or how you're supposed to use them. I assume it's just going to be some like gut checkpoint to get to like the next area of the map, kind of like the wrapped was. Could be wrong about that. Anyway, returning back into the dungeon with a full set, of, with a full whack of health. And my lovely, my lovely new snake, snakeskin boots that I'm wearing. I descend down further into the darkness, beating off wizards left, right, and center, so that they can't shoot their loads. Oh, hang on, wait, so that sounds awful. Uh, yeah, I, I, you know, I just fight my way down to the bottom of the dungeon, uh, and it's an interesting dungeon. I'll say that. You know, it's quite fun. There's a lot of, there's a lot of opportunities to use fairy to fly about. Lots of blocks to be smashing down, and lots of pitfalls to try and avoid and not fall into. But um, it was a fun time. I like this dungeon. Yeah, I like this dungeon. It was a fun one. It was good. Uh, you know, there's a couple of pea bags dotted about and stuff, and lots and lots of keys, and obviously the big falling thing I talked about. But eventually, we make our way to the fourth palace boss. Uh, palace four boss, classic puzzle boss. You just cast reflect and then hide in the corner so that when the bullets go towards you and reflect back. They reflect across as much of the battlefield as possible, so that no matter where they teleports, there's a chance that they can run into him. And then you just wait. 
which is fine, because I've been having a... These bosses have been a pain in my ass, and I'm happy to have one of them that just freaking dies on their own already. Then I got to the boss, who also shoots his sonic waves, and I died. Many times. Still abusing the save state and the rewind feature, but I still died because I couldn't hurt this boss. Because it turns out you have to use the reflect skill to defeat this boss, and I didn't have that. And yet the game let me get all the way through the palace, all the way to the boss without the reflect skill. So then I had to leave the palace and rescue a child and take him to the town and get the spell and then go back. And then I finished palace four. Boom. You got the boots, get to the end, fight the boss. Boss is easy. Stand on one side, lower yourself down. Uh, reflect back, bomb, 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 bomb. I'm glad I figured out what reflect does before I got to the boss, because I actually beat the boss in one go. After making my way through the palace, I finally made it to the boss, the red grand wizard pointy hat and all who shoots a billion sound blasts at you and also can't be damaged by sword or fire. At this point, I was fresh and full on lives from my previous falls down the pits and lava and the journey all the way back from Zelda's tomb on the first continent, but I quickly realized that I must have missed something. I had to sit back helplessly and watch Link get murdered three times in a row and get sent back all the way to Zelda sleeping. After collecting a few keys and unlocking some doors, we reached the easiest palace boss of the game so far a larger version of the wizard enemy that warps around the room firing off magic waves along the floor. Cast Reflect and squat in the far left corner. I only take a tiny bit of damage as he warps on top of me once. After a minute or so, he's down and the palace is done. So I walked all the way back from Sleeping Zelda again, about to enter the palace a third time and look through all the rooms because surely I had missed an item or something that could cause me to damage this boss. But on my last trip to the palace, I picked up the water walking shoes, so there was an obvious shortcut that led from the start of the maze to the palace, which I took. But right off of this path, there's a secret tile where Link falls in another pit and he has to murder a lizard monster. And at the end of this little cave is just a kid sitting there, just relaxing. So you walk up to him and you grab him and he acts like an item, so Link holds him over his head while triumphant music plays and it looks hilarious. So of course I ran back all the way to Darunia to deliver him, I spoke to his grandma and got led inside the house to meet the non-racist wizard that lived there who taught me the reflect spell. I bet you you can guess what's required to beat the boss. He is just this like giant red grand wizard looking dude, which makes sense, you know, based off the other KKK members that we found. And I kind of, I think what everybody knows at this point is essentially you just cast reflect and you shoot his little bees back at him. Uh, he disappears though so quickly that you kind of need to like pick a spot and like hang out there. And so that's what we did. We just kind of stuck to one side of the screen and kind of, you know, reflected his uh, his magic back at him to, uh, to kill him. So. so I traversed the palace for a third time. I made it to the boss and I had an epic battle of revenge. By which I mean I activated Reflect and crouched in the corner and bounced back all his sand waves at him. I killed him and didn't even have to move. This boss is a complete gimmick fight, and it is not very good at all. The boss is a big-ass wizard, and he's, you know, he's turning invisible, he's popping up left, right, all around, doing everything that he does, shooting out magical power at you, and you're kind of like, oh, she, oh, thank God I have got the reflect, reflect spell, and then he pushes you into a corner, and then you realise you don't have to move. <laughs> Yes, once you've got to the edge of the screen, just crouch with your reflect spell, and he can't appear to the he can't get behind your back because you're at the edge of the screen, and suddenly he's just firing at you, all of his spells are reflecting back at him. And it's the only way you can hit him is with his own spell. So genius. Absolute genius. You just crouch in the corner and let him kill himself. It's so funny. Yeah, def definitely the easiest boss so far. I got lucky there, because he he beat he beat two tons of shit out of me before that happened. <laughs> But yeah, man, boss went down first try. I was really impressed. So anyway, I got to the final hall. Um, however, I did not get my level up before the boss. And the boss turns out to be like this giant wraith-looking whiz robe, like just cloaked ghost-looking guy. And he was kind of annoying because like, he likes to teleport around and ends up teleporting right on top of you. And that's his main way of doing damage. But again, the... All you have to do is use the reflect spell just like the whiz robes and bounce his magic back at him. And that uh, it only took me like a couple tries, I think, maybe three. 
once you got the hang of it, it was not bad at all. So I beat him, or he beat him, I guess, and then I put the orb in the orb thing and we blew up the palace. I got my water floaty shoes now, I'm ready to go even further east. <laughs> I'm finding that these bosses are like one of the easiest parts of the palaces, which is funny. They should just, if they really wanted to make it hard, they should just throw uh, blue iron knuckles in the boss rooms. Uh, but yeah, that was the palace. And luckily the, uh, the, the boss drops like 300 experience, which was enough to get me over the level up hump. So I got a level up and then got to the, uh, you know, put the orb in the palace pedestal or whatever. And that was another level up. So back to back level ups. Very nice. Um, I think I've got everything to like level seven now. And maybe even one of them is on level eight. So I'm almost maxed out. So I wonderful. I approach the altar and Link places his crystal <coughs> into the altar and fanfare goes off, your level goes up, and you've managed to get to the point where you finish the palace and yeah, you're back in the maze. Now to, now to palace five. Where the hell is this place going to be? I've got boots walking on water. It's going to be in the ocean, isn't it? It's going to be in the middle of the bloody ocean, I know it. Bill, I thought that this would be a fun project, and then it turned out to be a horrible project because I forgot how much playing Zelda 2 is not good. And the next game, I hope, is a better game. By which I mean, I'm sure someone's gonna make us vote on play some dumb game that everyone hates, like Mario Picross or something. I don't know. I still don't like this game, Bill. I don't like it. The Hylian Podcasters made this game, they made it sound kind of fun, but it's not fun. But here's the problem. It is fun when it's not obscenely hard. Zelda 2 The Adventure of Link, when you're like getting into the random battles where you're actually like matched with your opponents, is kind of fun. But then the palaces are just obscenely difficult. There's so many enemies that they throw at you in tight quarters and the stupid iron knuckles are impossible to kill. It's just bizarre. I don't understand this game. I don't understand why it was made the way it was. And, and I still hate it. Some things you're gonna want to know for this dungeon. Uh, downward thrust is not super useful here, but it is useful enough. And you're gonna to want to utilize that that bullshit that I, that I taught you earlier in the episodes, earlier episodes where you do a slight jump up, stab, jump up, stab, and that defeats reds and blues. Easy boss, easy stuff. Not really a whole lot to talk about for this palace. This palace was boring. Uh, the next couple palaces are boring, to be honest with you. The, the game has kind of plateaued. And I'm going to say that here. I'm probably going to say that for the next two parts, too. The game is plateaued, so uh, use that knowledge to your advantage. Grind if you need it. You will. Grind if you need it because the, pal the path of the fifth or the sixth dungeon is a pain in the arse. But you'll find out more when you get there. Next, we find out where these boots will take us. Some final thoughts on Palace 4. I really like the side questy stuff to get all the spells and the upstab. I thought the towns of Naburu and Darunia had a lot of character, and even though I freaked up getting them, the things you had to do to get the spells were laid out well by the game. A lot of hints in the town, a lot of hip guiding. The palace itself didn't really do anything that interesting. I barely remember the layout of most of the rooms, and the boss was the worst one that we fought so far. It wasn't terribly difficult though, so after making it through the filter of Palace 3, I don't think anyone will have given up on the journey through Palace 4. How's Scott? Is Scott still with us? So, so that was our uh, that was our kind of brief run through uh, um, this uh, this next section here, the Palace Four, the Maze Palace. Um, you know, it was a lot of fun. I think we had a we had a good time. Uh, this is the last time that I ended up playing. Uh, after this, Patrick takes over uh, for the rest of it, um, and it was just uh, yeah, it was it was a good time. So that's it this week, people. I had a lot of fun with this. There was uh, some good side questing before getting to the dungeons. Uh, and I feel like the next episode, there won't be. I feel like it's just going to be a straight shot to Palace 5. <laughs> uh
But yeah, that's Palace 4. Uh, this one was not bad at all, other than the blue iron knuckle. And uh, I did not I did not stream it this time because I get too ragey on stream when playing this game. But I barely even got mad. The blue, like again, the blue iron knuckle is the only thing that tested me, uh, tested my patience <laughs> in this section. So hopefully the game continues to stay around this level of difficulty. I don't know. I've heard the last palace is, is, a, is a bitch. But I look forward to continuing to play this. And uh, good luck to everybody out there. I'm glad I, I'm still on the train. Hopefully I won't be broken again in quite the same way. Uh, yes, thank you to everyone that listened. And uh, goodbye. And now we're off to Palace 5, wherever that is. Huh, I wonder what these boots do. Anyways, with that said, I'm Kai. This dungeon sucks. Bye! That's all I got. Thanks, listener. Palace 5 awaits, and I still have no dang idea what's going to happen there. This is Scott, signing out. Catch y'all next time. And with that, um, this is Ben from the Hyrule Podcasters podcast, uh, signing off. Uh, thanks so much, and look forward to seeing you in the next one. Uh, yeah, I hope you've enjoyed it. Uh, it's been fun, and uh, remember, if you're playing along with us, you've just got to finish Palace 5 next before the next episode comes out. And I think, as you've all realised, due to my hectic schedule, uh, no, nobody knows when that will actually happen. <laughs> so if you do want to submit audio, there is a link in the description below which uh, links us to the, um, uh, to the, uh, the site where you can submit your own audio uh, and I will edit you in. You know, feel free to do it. Jay's done it, um, and he's not a podcaster. We, I've got a submission for Palace Six from another guy who's not a podcaster. Um, I'm really looking forward to getting more and more people involved. Get ready for Palace Five. Get ready for whatever's going to happen there, and then get ready for a beef, beefy episode for Palace Six. <laughs> uh, yeah. Anyway, I've run out. Poor Impa gives me any more missions to do. Uh, quick, Impa's coming. She's coming. Run, run away, run away. Don't, don't. Don't do anything Impa tells you to do. It's bad. <laughs>